Hello, and welcome to the Bible Babbles podcast. We walk through the books of Scripture, account by account, learning practical and meaningful things for our everyday lives, while having fun the whole way through. This podcast is hosted by Carlos Farias and Brian Self, two assistant pastors from Washington State. We hope that this time in God's Word will be an encouragement to you. Let's jump right in. Well, welcome to another episode of Bible Babbles. I'm your host, Brian Self. This is Carlos. It's great to be back with you, and uh, we're going to jump right into our uh, episode for today. We're going over 1 Kings chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 24. And uh, in the last episode, at the very, very end of it, Solomon dies. Uh, we detailed uh, some of his, his rise, his power, his wisdom, and then his eventual downfall. And uh, some of the enemies that we looked at last week um, that God raised up against him for his idolatry and how he had wandered away from God. And uh, we also saw one of those men in particular named Jeroboam that uh, Solomon had put in charge of the whole house of Joseph. So that'd be the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. He put uh, him in charge over those tribes, and uh, then God anointed him as the next king of Israel. Solomon heard about it, got mad. Jeroboam leaves and flees to Egypt. And uh, now in chapter 12, we are immediately after Solomon dies. Uh, the people of Israel are coming together to Jerusalem, and uh, they come to Rehoboam. Now, uh, Jeroboam hears that Solomon's dead. He knows, okay, my life's not necessarily as in danger as it was. And so he comes up to Jerusalem as well. I'm sure there was probably still some fear. Uh, you know, you think of David and, and Saul and all of that kind of stuff, uh, where even after Saul died, David still had six or seven years before he was actually king over all Israel because of the civil war and everything that was going on there. Um, so what happens then in the passage is Jeroboam comes, he, he joins up with uh, the, the people of Israel, and uh, they come to Rehoboam, and they come to him with a, with a request that I think pretty much everyone would think of uh, their government. They might make this same request, which is basically, would you take it easy on us? Uh, Solomon, for all of his wisdom, all his power, his riches, all of that, uh, we read over and over again in the chapters previous of all the people that he put to work, of the different uh, nations and the ites, uh, and all of those people that uh, that he's put to work. And so now the people of Israel are coming and saying, hey, your father put a super heavy yoke on us. Uh, would you take it easy on us? And uh, what, was, what was Rehoboam's response to that, Carlos? So in verse 6... Uh, it says, And King Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before Solomon, his father, while, while he yet lived. They said, How do ye advise that I may answer this people? Verse number 7 says, And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto this people this day, and, with ser and will serve them and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. So we see that Rehoboam, and Rehoboam wisely asked the counsel of these older experienced men, people that have have, you know, has some experience in life, someone that might be wiser than him. They seem to advise Solomon well, so it was fitting that Rehoboam asked for their advice. 
The elders knew that Rehoboam was not Solomon and could not expect the same from the people that Solomon did. So Rehoboam had to relate to the people based on who he was. You know, he couldn't try to copy, you know, what his father was. Yeah. And if he showed kindness and, and a servant's heart to the people, they would love and serve him forever. And that was pretty good advice. Yeah. And it, to Rehoboam, probably, he probably, we'll find out that he really wasn't caring for their advice. So we see in the next part of this passage in uh, 8 through 11, it says that he forsook, you know, their, their counsel and before Rehoboam ever consulted with the younger men, which he, he goes to some younger men, people that grew up with him that were closer to his age, and asked them what, the, what they should do, what he should do. But he rejected the older men's advice way before he even went to talk to the younger guys. These men were much more likely to tell Rehoboam what he already thought. Yeah. By turning to those likely to think that, just as he did, it shows Rehoboam only asked for advice for the sake of appearance. You know, oh, I asked, you know, I asked multiple people for advice, so it's not like I just made a rash decision, you know. So the younger men offered the opposite advice to the elders. They suggested an adversarial approach, one that would make Rehoboam more feared than Solomon was. And a lot of people served with Solomon because they caught his vision and his heart for Israel. But Rehoboam just wants people to obey him out of uh, just fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you mentioned there, that uh, it... It says he rejected the older men's advice before he even heard any advice from the younger men. And, uh, yeah, it can definitely be a danger to, uh, to only, only listen to ourselves and our thoughts. Because all of us are flawed. Uh, the Bible says uh, the heart's desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Uh, so we, we shouldn't really trust ourselves to make uh, every decision or to be right in every instance. Um, I was just reading the other day in Proverbs, it says, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. And uh, by appearance here, oh well, actually, in the book of Proverbs, that was written from Solomon to Rehoboam. <laughs> he tells him that. So Rehoboam here does have a multitude of counselors, but he's already made up his mind, so he doesn't listen to... Uh, the people that have been around the block that saw Solomon's wisdom and his downfall. Instead, he was just consulting with uh, the young men. And uh, it's always better to lead from a place of service and kindness and love rather than this approach of, if you don't, then I'm going to, or if you don't, then God's going to. Just as Paul mentions in the book of 2 Corinthians, like we serve out of a heart of love. We serve out of a heart that's constrained, that's pulled, that's tugged by what Christ has done for us. And that has to be our motivation. Uh, simply doing stuff out of duty or out of fear uh, is never the response that we should have. If we are serving in that way, we're going to burn out really fast. We're going to be hurt. So the best thing to do is to serve people, to lead people uh, through love, yeah. If, you, if you're following along in this in this passage, it gets it just gets worse. And verse thirteen of the verse part says, "And the king answered the people roughly." And in verse fourteen it says, "And spake to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, and I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions.'" So he's basically just saying, "You thought it was bad, now it's going to get worse." <laughs> yeah. That is not the speech you want to give people at your inauguration. No. <laughs> uh, and then you know, it says that he didn't even listen to the people. You know, pe the people, 
even though they shouldn't that shouldn't drive his decision, they probably know it's best for them more than he did. So he didn't even acknowledge what they wanted, and so he was being a very bad leader. Yeah, and I I see it mentions there in first in verse number fifteen, uh, he didn't listen to the people and that that cause like why he didn't listen to them what the people were asking was from the lord and so uh in that you have god fulfilling his word to solomon that because of your sin because you even though you had built this giant temple even though you were so wise you decided to worship other gods and you led israel to worship other gods too uh, and so now this is God's way of both punishing Solomon. We can see where he's punishing uh, Rehoboam a little bit too, and we'll see even more of that uh, next week and the week following. Uh, but here you have God working, and uh, so he's leading the people to separate now from Rehoboam. And uh, particularly, uh, they're going from Rehoboam to Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And uh, so Israel sees, uh, hey, Rehoboam's not going to have any part of this. He's just going to make our lives harder than they already were uh, under a very harsh king. And uh, so then they decide, okay, uh, they basically tell Rehoboam, hey, why do we have to follow the house of David? We're going to worry about us, and you worry about the house of David. So they all leave. Rehoboam gets Furious, And so he tries to send uh, basically the tax collector uh, Adoniram after them. And uh, he was in charge kind of of uh, the forced labor, of the taxes, all that stuff he was over. So he was over all of the stuff that Rehoboam wanted to uh, really bring the hammer down on Israel. So he sends Adoniram and uh, it says that all Israel stoned him with stones. Um, it's definitely a rough way to go. Uh, <laughs> it was a very uh, disgraceful way to go. It was one thing, like, if you get killed in battle, there's a little bit of honor in that. You're like, man, I uh, he, that guy died, but he died fighting. If you're stoned, that means, like, there was a large group of people that disapproved of you and thought you weren't even worth, uh, you know, a, a fighting chance in your death. Like, you were just, you were just a criminal. Uh, we can see that a couple times in the New Testament with Stephen, with Paul, uh, some of that. But it was a very ignoble death. Um, that would not be how I want to go out. No. If, if you had to choose how you die, how would you die? Um, I haven't thought about this. I haven't either. Well, we're talking I, about little, martyred. Oh, not necessarily martyred. Like it could be like some people would be like, oh, I want to go in my sleeper. I want to go skydiving. Uh, I feel like that wouldn't be my favorite. I'm gonna pass. <laughs> I I want to go out in a cool way. I don't want to. I don't want to be like, oh, he got old and fat and 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 died. I don't want. I'm gonna say playing fruit ninja in real life. <laughs> that, that is a way. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be uh, like Eli from First uh, Samuel, who was. So fat, when he heard the news about uh, the Ark of the Covenant being taken, he falls over backwards and breaks his neck because he was so fat. I, I, like, I, I like and don't like how the Bible mentions specifically some people that were just enormously fat. You have Eglon, <laughs> king of Moab. You have Eli. Uh, if your name starts with E in the Bible, there's a chance you might die from fatness. Um, but, some, of, uh, some of the worst ways to die would be drowning, yep. burning alive, nope. and buried alive. Don't like any of those. 
I'm going to pass on all this. I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe fire from heaven. Oh, well, no, because that means God, God's after you. And if God's after <laughs> you, you're, yeah, it, it's not going to end. We will read about some people who did get taken out with fire in, uh, in a couple chapters. Uh, that's going to be a good time. So they, they kill Adoniram. They take out the IRS, if you will, uh, <laughs> which, you know, great day for Israel. And uh, so after this happens, it says, you know, Rehoboam was kind of in that area. It says he got back in his chariot, went back to Jerusalem, and uh, he, amount, he amasses this huge army of a ton of men to try and uh, really forcefully take back Israel. During this time, uh, Israel themself, uh, themselves nominated, crowned, kinged, uh, Jeroboam as their new king, and uh, Rehoboam has his army that he's going to fight. But the Lord sends a prophet uh, to Rehoboam and says, hey, tell all of your men to go back to their homes, go back to their lands, put away your weapons, because what's happened here, all of this, uh, you know, this breaking of the country is from me. And uh, we can see there's something good that Rehoboam finally does. Of He doesn't fight against what the Lord tells him in that moment. Uh, he's not happy about it, hence why he amassed a giant army. But uh, he obeys the Lord there, and, uh, and the people all go back to their lands. So here you have uh, really kind of the end of Solomon's greatness in a lot of ways. Um, it's mentioned several times in Proverbs that the glory of old men is what they leave to their children. The, the honor of old men is their children and their, grand, and their grandchildren. And uh, the, the testimony, the legacy of Solomon, yes, is the temple, and the temple's great. And we'll see a couple times over the next few weeks some of the awesome things that happen in the temple and, and with the worship of God. But really, Solomon's uh, lasting impact was not as great a success, but multiple failures along the way that led him to uh, amass wives, amass horses, amass wealth, amass other gods that he was worshiping. He was so busy getting all of these things together that he didn't leave a good legacy for his son. And uh, I think for us, it's super important that um, God doesn't care like the grandeur of our biggest victory for him. He cares about that personal walk with him. He cares about that day to day. It doesn't matter what we do on our best days. It matters the life that we live on the most boring days. Any thoughts on that? No, but one thing I I got a thought from this passage is um, when we look at Rehoboam going to people to just hear what he wants to hear. Yeah. A lot of us be like, oh, that's so foolish. No, why would he do that? <laughs> uh, but one thing I just got challenged by is uh, don't be that person that yeah. just tells someone what they want to hear. If you want to be a good friend, then tell them you know what they need to hear. Yeah, definitely. One other thought I had uh, from that particular thing was um, even though Rehoboam's uh, initial whatever was to the old men and that they had good advice and then the young men had the bad advice it's not always that uh that the old people will have all the best advice or the young people will have all the worst advice you can find someone that will have your opinion whether old or young and so you should uh 
uh, you, yeah, hi, pastor. Uh, you should be uh, looking for really views and opinions, especially when you're coming to a decision. Look for people that have a different view than you on it so that you can have a well-rounded, uh, well-rounded view of what you should do. Uh, just like that verse again, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. There will be people that agree with you. There will be people that disagree with you. But you should uh, look for some of that. That way you don't just have an echo chamber going on where all you ever hear is what you already think. Uh, any other thoughts from this passage? Rehoboam, Jeroboam, the kingdom, any of that? Nope. Okay. Looking forward to uh, next week, we're going to look at uh, kind of Jeroboam, and he's been promised at this point by God, hey, if you follow me, uh, I, will, I will give to you this dynasty, this lasting legacy of your family reigning on the throne of Israel. Uh, he's promised the same thing that he has to the house of David, and uh, we'll see what he does with that opportunity. Uh, but want to encourage you, be in God's word. Uh, we'd also love to hear from you. Uh, we've got our Facebook page and our Instagram page. You can let us know any questions you have. We have uh, the option with our current uh, podcast hosting thing to have bonus episodes. So if you have uh, things you'd like to hear us talk about, questions you have about the Bible, about specific passages, uh, we would love to be a help to you in any way that we can. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm Brian. This is Carlos. Thanks for joining us. 